0: Good morning. Good morning. As you're making your way in, I'm going to knock it out again. Uh, This is the time to fill out attendance cards. Woo, we did it. Um, So if you wouldn't mind to fill out an attendance card and then we'll pass them all in whenever the little guys come around. Um, I just want to welcome everybody here. Welcome to the West Irwin Church of Christ. Uh, We're excited that you're here with us. Uh, Thank you for braving the cold, uh, putting your big jackets on. It's going to get really cold later this week, and so if you don't have your big jacket, you might want to find it for later this week. Um, But we're excited that you're here with us. If you're joining us online, I really hope that you're nice and comfy and staying warm wherever you are. Um, But we're just excited that you're here with us. Uh, We had a wonderful time last Sunday. I know a lot of people were here uh, last Sunday evening. We had our annual uh, holiday festivity dinner. Uh, Just a lot of fun stuff. Uh, We had... Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus made an appearance. We had wonderful, wonderful food. Um, A Thrilling game of pick up a cup and see if you had anything underneath it, and some people didn't, and some people did. There were a lot of $2 bills floating around, which was fun. Um, There was a big game of dodgeball. I don't know, uh, if I was the only one, my very first throw, I could not feel my fingers for the next five minutes after that. Um, I guess I hadn't gotten warmed up good, but a week later, feeling okay, feeling okay. Um, so thank you for everybody that helped out with that, helped to make it happen whether it was food or setup. Uh, there were just a lot of moving parts and so thank you for that. Thank you for coming to it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so I have just a couple of announcements for this morning. The first one is uh, today is our special year in contribution and so uh, Wade uh, talked a lot about that last week so I don't have much to add to it but I just hope that you'll be prayerful Um, in your giving. I I hope that you'll be prayerful in uh, where the funds are going and in different areas. Just be prayerful with all of this. And so that will be today. Today is also our small group Sunday. And so today is uh, the day to get with your small group. And then last thing I've got is next Sunday, one week from today, believe it or not, is Christmas Day. It's already here. Um, Crazy. But what that means is uh, you get to sleep in just, just a little bit. Uh, we're not having class next Sunday morning, so no classes next Sunday morning. We will have our uh, church service as usual at 10 o'clock, and so we hope that you'll join us for that, um, but no classes. So I hope that you all have a wonderful week. I hope that you all have a wonderful Christmas, and if you're going out on the road traveling, uh, please stay safe. So That's all I've got. If you wouldn't mind to stand, um, I'll open us up in prayer, and then I'll turn it over to begin our worship service. Father God, we we praise you, and we thank you, and Lord, we thank you for who you are. Um, Lord, we pray that as we enter into this worship service this morning, uh, Lord, just help us to recognize you as king of our lives. Um, Lord, we want to turn it all over to you, and I pray that you would uh, be at work in our hearts and our minds and uh, help us to know you more to help to know you better. Lord, we love you, and it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.
1: Today we're going to be talking a lot about the unity, the joy, and the love of God, and how we as the church can all be one with him. And this is what we're here to do today, is to praise and worship him. Oh, let us all unite to sing God
2: is love Let
3: Let's go to our Father in prayer. Father, we come to you, praying that the members of this body will continue to hold on to the truth, for we live in a challenging culture that seems to reject your word at every turn. And Father, we acknowledge and confess that we are sinners. We sin against you by our words and our deeds. We do what we do not want to do and do not do what we should do. May we never doubt or abandon your word, for your word teaches us about your mercy and grace. And Father, you you bless us with the facilities here that we could come together and be sheltered from the elements of the outside but we are also thankful to be here in your presence, joined together in one body, one spirit, and one hope. And we recognize that hope provides us the assurance of the resurrected life. Father, we bring these names before you for healing and comfort, for you are the creator and our great physician. Betty Holt, Mary Lee, Ruby Cliver, Elaine Bell, Jane Poisey, Janice Hardaway, Jeff Hingren, the Tanner Rutledge family members, Brooks Carter, Christy Huff, and David Franklin. Father, we pray for the upcoming surgeries for Aiden O'Donnell and Aiden's mother, Angie, and my grandson, Eli Hodges. Be with their medical staff and that their surgeries are very successful and all will recover quickly. We pray for peace and comfort for Glenn Cobb in the loss of his wife Ann. And we pray for Howard and Linda Dixon family in the loss of their son Donald. Father, we as we watch the news, we ask you to bless the world nations with wise leaders and discerning hearts that think in the ways of Jesus Christ and to reconcile peace with their enemies. And Father, we pray for your Protection to be upon our students, teachers, our military and law enforcement, firemen, emergency responders, our health care workers here and abroad. Bless us all with the wisdom to complete our tasks with honest work during these busy, stressful holiday times. And we pray that as we go about bustling and hustling, that customers and workers will be patient and treat one another with (coughs) kindness and respect. Father, we ask you to bless Bill Allen in presenting your word this morning, and may it strengthen and encourage us to do good, to be the salt of the earth, and spread that truth that made us free. Father, may our worship today be in spirit and in truth as we glorify you in united voices, hearts, and minds. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: In preparation for the Lord's Supper today, we're going to be singing How Deep the Father's Love.
2: How deep the Father
4: I don't know how many times you've gone through and read the genealogy of Jesus. Uh, Most of the time when we get to those sections of scripture, we kind of just blank out and move on. We figure we can't read the names anyway. We can't pronounce them correctly, so we'll just keep going. But his is a a very interesting one. Not only is prophecy fulfilled in it, but the cast of characters laid out in the genealogy of Jesus is something to behold. Uh, Not only does it do something other genealogies don't do, but it's the I guess what we would consider to be the quality of people. Jesus and his genealogy, referenced in Matthew chapter one, we find five women mentioned, which number one is unheard of. Women are not listed in Old Testament genealogies. They didn't have that role, that part to play in the families. Not only are four women mentioned, but they are not the type of women that we would expect to find mentioned. One was a prostitute of a foreign enemy. Another presented herself as a prostitute to secure a child. One was an impoverished immigrant and a widow from a hated land and the fourth woman was the victim of sexual abuse and was often blamed for her own painful circumstances as women often are in those situations. So why these four? If you could pick your family tree, wouldn't you trim the branches off that you didn't want to talk about very often? I think we all have those branches in our own family trees that tell a story that we wish wasn't there necessarily, even in our our own branch of that tree that we wish sometimes looked a little bit different. And yet I believe that The reason they are specifically included in the genealogy of Jesus is to remind us that imperfection was still a part of his perfection. That brokenness has a place at the table. I am grateful for the stories of those women who in spite of their circumstances still played a powerful role in the kingdom of heaven. Communion reminds us of a beautiful part of the Christmas story, Jesus didn't just come for those who had it all together. In fact, he came for those who don't, for me and for you. As we take the bread this morning, I pray you remember that. You are not worthy because of anything you have done, but because what was done on yours and my behalf. For a body that was given in its perfection to make the messed up parts of our life, fixed and whole. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, God, we are grateful that you have given us a place, a seat at the table. And we are given that seat because of the life of Jesus Christ that was laid down for us. Lord, we are thankful. We are so thankful that we have that hope because of him because of the sacrifice he was willing to make, even though he didn't want to, that he chose to give of himself for us. Lord, as we take this, this bread that represents his body this morning, I pray that we would remember that perfect life and that sacrifice that was given for each one of us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus recounts a parable in Luke, the 14th chapter. parable of a great banquet. It begins in verse 16. It says, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servants to tell those who had been invited, Come now, for everything is ready for you. The parable goes on to say that as each of those individuals, as his servant told those individuals, they came up with excuse after excuse. Of why they could not be a part of this great feast that had been prepared for them. So in verse 21, the servant came back to the master and reported everything he had heard. And the owner became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. He said, We've done as you've asked. There's still room at the table. The master said to his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who are invited will get a taste of my banquet. The table is not just for those who clean up well and who are initially invited. It's for the broken, the lame, the sick, the blind Those who line the roads, who don't even know that there is a banquet taking place that has been prepared for them as well. And the table reminds us of this same thing, this feast that we share together, that Jesus shared that first time with his disciples, that we are all family around that table. All of the things that can divide us are forgotten in that moment to the thing that, as Kelly shared, unites us, then brings us all together. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, as we take this cup, again, Lord, I, I pray that we would be reminded of our worthiness to be at this table because of the sacrifice that was given for us. Lord, may we never take that sacrifice for granted. May we always offer thanks for it. and Lord, I pray it's, it is a message that we share with the poor and the lame and the blind and the crippled and those on the side of the road who don't even know that a banquet has been prepared. God, help us to be like that servant who goes and shares your message with those who are not even prepared to hear it. And God, that you would prepare that soil that we would simply sow a seed in others. Lord, we are grateful for this blood that was given on our behalf and for those who even are not here with us this morning. As Tucker announced, and hopefully is, if you're a part of this church family, you have been making prayerful consideration for uh, how you would participate. Today is our, our special end-of-year giving contribution. As you see the the slide, we were blessed this year. And in just a moment, we're going to talk about what this year has been like for our church. And so if you are visiting today, you get a little little tiny snapshot of that. But I do want to remind you of what the end-of-year giving benefits this year. Every year this church is just so generous with with what we have been given and we try our best to put that to the places it's needed the most and so uh, Wade shared last week where those end-of-year giving uh, monies would be doled out and a lot of that's going toward uh, bringing up to speed our kitchen in the Family Life Center and that's that you're gonna actually see that in some of our, endo- just how much that is used Um, this last week we had our our Christmas party and then multiple times throughout the week um, there were some very special people who were here in our building um, serving people from our community and so uh, there's a lot of work that needs to be done into an aging kitchen and so bringing that up to the quality and level that it needs to be as well as additional money that's going to be sent uh, to Eastern European missions and a charge to our missions committee to finding new and additional mission points. And so just as a reminder of how that works, we're only going to pass the offering one time this morning and we will take in our regular contribution and then anything beyond that is what will go towards the end of year special contribution that we're having today. Uh, In years past and in times past we've tried to always give that amount at the end of service but due to all the different avenues and ways that we receive money now uh, but whether it be through uh, our monthly uh, giving that's online, our, our weekly giving that happens online, our the way we can text it in, and the personal uh, money that is given in the in the plates today, uh, we're not going to announce that amount today. It will be announced next Sunday, uh, which I realize is Christmas Day. And so, if you're with family, don't worry. You'll figure it. We'll figure it out. You'll you'll get an email that will let you know. Uh, what what the final tally was as always happens money will come in throughout the week as well so just as a reminder of what it's going to be about but uh, in just a moment as you do see these slides I want you to realize all of the places that that those finances go it is not just some cumulus number that is thrown out it is given with purpose and with a lot of prayer behind it and uh, so on behalf of the staff and the elders and Uh, All the ministry leaders in this church who will put that that money to good use we want to say thank you in advance for the generosity that we know you will give. So would you pray with me one more time? Heavenly Father God, we are, are grateful for the ways that you have blessed us, that you have given us all that we need and more. And even in our times when we feel like it's not there, you still carry us through. As we spoke about in our Bible classes this morning, it's oftentimes easy to feel like we're wandering through life alone, that somehow you have forgotten us. But God, when we open our eyes and look, we see that you have always been there. You have not changed, and you continue to stand beside us and walk beside us and carry us through all of those valleys, as well as all of the victories that we get to celebrate together as well. Lord, we are grateful for the ways that you have blessed us spiritually but also financially. And so, God, we take this opportunity to bless others, to take what we have been given and to use that, use those finances to bless other people. We are grateful for that opportunity. We do not take that charge lightly to pour into those around us, God, and we take this time now to do so. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As they are passing those trays, every few weeks we do what's called a ministry highlight. So, y'all can go ahead and begin. Uh, we try to highlight different areas of ministry here in our church, different things that we are, we are doing that have been done. And uh, we always try to take this opportunity at the, at the end of the year, as it does kind of go by in the blink of an eye, to remind ourselves... And to remind you what this year has been like. And a few of the things. And you're going to see some things on the screen. And you're going to be like, hey, where was this one thing? Don't worry. It still existed. It just didn't make it into the slideshow. We're grateful for Eric Mosley preparing uh, this for us. as just a kind of a snapshot of, of what happened throughout the year. You're going to see different images. And I just want to talk about each of those very briefly this morning. Um, as a reminder kind of of how God has blessed us and used, used us here in his church. Back in February... Uh, we had a, and it was the first slide you saw pop up there, we had a, a special date night here at West Irwin uh, that just, just in case any of you are curious we will be making a return in 2023 but um, our, our young men and when I say young I mean some very young men uh, took out some of our uh, slightly older than them uh, ladies to uh, a lovely dinner at Traditions. It was a Valentine's banquet for some of our, uh, our, older, our older ladies and our widows. And uh, after speaking with some of them, I know that for many of those women, that is the highlight of their year. Uh, of every other slide you may see up here that was a good work done by this church, that one still wins. And so uh, we were grateful for that opportunity and look forward to doing it again. Uh, then in April, there was uh, two slides that spoke about uh, a family day at the park uh, we took our uh, I don't know I just want to say the adults gave the teenagers a, the beat down of their life uh, be it in wiffle ball or kickball we reminded them we're good for about an hour and <laughs> then we're not and so uh, we, played, we played wiffle ball, we played kickball, we had a devotional together uh, you saw a photo there of four of us who just found a bench by the time Ultimate Frisbee started, we were we were done. But it was a, a great. Yeah, that, thank you for bringing the bench picture back. It, um, <laughs> me and Kelly are looking really svelte right there. And so uh, it was it was a great day together. Uh, then the the next slides were of our our VBS that we had this summer. Um, it was uh, talking about the putting on the full armor of God and uh... we had a a a great turnout over those three days in the family life center if you ventured over there you saw the transformation that took place over there we had a a full tent uh... decked out in in camouflage uh... there was uh... kids learned incredible lessons and uh... again we 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 often talk about moments like this and we show you what it was like in case you weren't there because there's always a place for you there there's always a place to to sit and help um, even children like my son, who is kind of too young to teach but too old to be in VBS, uh, Donnie will put us all to work in ways that will bless us really more than it will bless the kids uh, that are there. And so we were grateful that for everyone who helped make that such a, such a great moment. Um, in July, many years ago, uh, Danny and Lisa Snell started a trip to New Orleans, working at that time with the Holly Grove Church. Uh, and now it, it's a group of teachers that go each year and uh, help put on, uh, help with a, a summer program that they have here. It used to be a VBS and it's transformed a lot over the years. And now it's a, a program that goes for a chunk of the summer. And uh, they have been going on that trip for upwards of 15 years now. And so that's always, I know for, for the, the ladies that go on that trip, it's always a highlight for them for the entire year as well. Uh, sorry Owen and Lauren Mitchell then in uh, the towards the end of the summer came and put on our reconnect marriage workshop you will see a picture there of Tucker and Elizabeth who are getting married again uh... or just going through going through the motions but um... for everyone that was a part of that then uh... many of you remember Owen led our communion thoughts that morning they taught in the We Connected class on Sunday morning uh... there were some people from the Tenaha congregation that came and joined in that and so it was a, a, a great weekend for everyone that participated in that. Uh, the next slide is just kind of a reminder of the year. You just see the words "Young at Heart." Uh, young at Heart is—I would call it a, a ministry, and it is. But they are a ministry one unto another. Uh, young at Heart is a, has been a part of this church for for years and years, and it is our, our. Anyone is welcome to be a part of it over the age of fifty-five, and if you're not, they'll still let you eat uh... having having been to those before and still not quite to fifty-five but they gather throughout the year so this isn't one singular moment they have area-wide and so you'll hear us uh, making announcements about that throughout the year if you're a part of west Irwin, and, uh... they those are the highlights of many many of their years many of their years are are highlighted by each one of those moments that that come as a part of that it brings community it brings uh, memories it, it always brings food and uh, I know that everyone that's a part of Young at Heart is incredibly blessed and is just counting the days until the next one. Um, in October, we brought back, we've done fall festivals and we brought back something that had been attempted in the past, a trunk or treat. And uh, we we did something a little bit different this year uh, in, in the way we advertised that. Normally we just we put it in our bulletin and we give word of mouth. Um, we were uh, informed about an opportunity we had that to send out invitations to Tyler ISD through an email that, that we that we paid to send this email and so we did and we just kinda thought maybe we'll get some kids to show up from that uh... if, if you were at Trunk or Treat you saw that we got more than we could have ever bargained for we had uh... about rough somewhere between four and five hundred kids uh... that were here that night and uh, we made the best with all what we had and we will be much better prepared next year but what a it was I mean to say it was anything short of a blessing for us would be we're not giving it the the credence that it deserves because it was a, an incredible night and uh, we're going to a, attack it head-on next year with with even more resolve and and more supplies and more candy and a, a food plan that is rock solid and so and and on that note Something that you're not going to see pictures of. We do have one more ministry that we want to highlight, but uh, I, I feel the need to highlight a ministry that's never highlighted. Um, we have some people here in our church, and I know several of them would get mad at me if I mentioned them by name, so I'm not going to. Uh, but every meal that we have, every event that we have, every thing that happens almost without fail in the Family Life Center there are people in that kitchen who are there before the event are in that kitchen during the event and oftentimes are still here after the event next time you're here having a dessert or having a bowl of chili or seeing Santa Claus or whatever remember that there are people who have been here for hours on end making that a possibility for you and so we we deeply deeply are grateful and are thankful for uh, oftentimes the same volunteers that are in that kitchen making that happen for us. And so we we are so thankful for that ministry. And it is a ministry because it's a ministry to peop- to those of us who are enjoying those moments, who are serving in other areas. And So you won't see a slide for that, but I just wanted to say thank you on, on behalf of all of us who get to experience that blessing. The last ministry we do want to highlight is our Hispanic ministry, which has been a part of West Irwin for... Uh, uh, Goodness, twelve or thirteen years now. Uh, many of you know Israel Sandoval and the work that he does. They were here in our uh, our lighthouse, uh, which before it, before it became the lighthouse, and uh, their their ministry grew to the point where they needed a different facility. And so, West Irwin has continued to support that ministry and support Israel. And and uh, if you don't know uh, Israel and Martha, you they would be a blessing to you as well. Uh, that man puts his heart and soul into that ministry and they are they are a great group of people uh, that, that minister here in in Tyler to a, a portion of this community that we can uh, many to uh, first generation Spanish speakers that don't speak English and so uh, we continue to support that ministry oftentimes we think of mission efforts and we think of other countries and other places and uh, we all have a mission field right here in our hometown and so we are, we are grateful for the Hispanic church and the work that they are continuing to do. Who knows what slides you're going to see next year. We will do some of the same things. We will be doing some things that are different next year, always trying to grow, always trying to become a church that meets the needs of, of the community that we are in, while at the same time giving them the truth that they need, that we all need so we're grateful for your support we're grateful because of each of us because of the time you give and because of the resources you give these ministries are possible so thank you from the bottom of our hearts
1: well it's time for our blast program if uh... you would be standing and we can have our children be exiting and then we'll have our young men come around and pick up the attendance cards during this time as well i just want to add also that looking at those pictures and you're thinking back about the year, all the blessings that we've had. Think about this also, that that's love. That is God's love being shared by each and every one of us to all that we come in contact with, that we all share with. And if we can just continue that each and every day, imagine how great it actually will be. And then I want you to think about it from this song. So, and look around this room. Everyone need to look around the room and look at the blessings that are right here. Each and every one of you are a true blessing. You may be a blessing to a family member. You may be a blessing to a friend. But every one of you is a blessing in some shape, form, or fashion to someone here, in your family, at work, in school, everything, everywhere you go. So always be thinking about that. I can't think of a better song to go with that.
2: love
5: He is, and He expresses that love in so many ways, including giving of His Son an event that the world celebrates on December 25th and that we gladly celebrate with it. We hope that the world will be reminded of the incredible God that would give His own Son and how He not just uh, demonstrates love, which He does, but that He also Actually, is love. God is love. These uh, sermons in December I've entitled with the theme "Going Places." Three sermons. Today is the second one. First one last week was "Going from Sin to Salvation," taking that time when we were lost in our sins, experiencing the blood of Christ uh, by giving ourselves to the response of faith. Uh, believing in Jesus, turning away from our life of sin, repenting, confessing that that's our desire, that that's our faith, and being baptized into Jesus Christ, uh, being raised to live a new life from sin to salvation. Uh, Next week, we'll look at from heaven to earth, and that's not a trip that we take. That's a trip that the Son of God took. And we celebrate that around the world this coming Sunday. And we'll be celebrating that here as well. Singing those wonderful traditional songs that remind us of the great joy and peace that comes through the birth of Christ. And through his life, his death, and his resurrection. I'm so looking forward to next Sunday. And I hope that you will be inviting some of your friends and family members to be a part of that wonderful and encouraging service next week. Today we speak of going from sorrow to joy. Going from sorrow to joy. We go from sin to salvation. Jesus went from heaven to earth so that we could do the opposite, go from earth to heaven. But what about in between? In between is going from sorrow to joy. Last week's message included this statement, the promise of heaven should impact how we live our lives today. The promise of heaven should impact how we live our lives today. Does it matter that Jesus came and was born in that stable that day? Does it matter that he was raised from the dead and that he has given us the opportunity to go from sin to salvation? Does it matter that our hope and our eternal home is in heaven? Does that have any impact on us today? It should. It certainly should. This quote from the book, Stand Up, Stand Strong, a call to bold faith in a confused culture. Too often, Christians embrace a watered-down message. We're content to believe Christ's death means we can have eternal life. But it doesn't cross our minds that it should affect how we live here and now. We're thrilled Jesus loves us enough to save us. But the thought of him also wanting to change us is uncomfortable. Yet we can't have it both ways. And this line, The truth of the gospel means that Christ's words do have authority to tell us how to live. That authority changes everything. Believing the full, undiluted message of the gospel is the first step to living counterculturally. Going from sin to salvation should affect our actions every single day. It should affect everything. It should change everything. The promise of heaven should impact how we live our lives today. The question is, does it? And if so, how is that impact seen? How is your life different? Because your hope is in heaven. How is your life different? Because you have gone from sin to To salvation. And would your life be any different if God did not exist? If Jesus had not died for your sins? Our shepherd David Wicks, during his prayer, acknowledged that this is a challenging world we live in. We live in a challenging society that so much of the time is antagonistic toward us and towards our biblical Christian values. And perhaps we see that more and more. That seems to have kind of ebbed and flowed throughout our nation's history. And we certainly seem to be in one of those down times. Beginning January 8th, we'll use this book that I quoted from just a few moments ago. We'll use it as a resource in calling each other to stand up and stand strong in our culture today. That is becoming more and more uh, antagonistic to the teachings and values of the one who made us. In the sermons and in some of the Bible classes uh, in January, February, and March, we'll consider topics such as sexual purity, gender confusion, holding life sacred, overcoming addiction, and more. You'll see a little blurb about that in the bulletin and also on our website. Plan on being a part of this important series starting January the 8th. Plan on inviting some people to come with you because this will be an opportunity to generate discussion about things that we face every single day. I'm really looking forward to that series and the discussions that will follow. But before we get to some of the issues that are specific with our own culture and our own place in time, How does the promise of heaven and the message of the gospel impact our day-to-day lives in a broader sense? As Eric shared a couple of weeks ago, what does it look like for us to remain focused in the fray? Last week's message talked about going from sin to salvation. Next week's message will focus on the trip that Jesus took going from heaven to earth. Today talks about the fray. We've seen some examples of that today. We see it in our bulletin. There's pictures in the bulletin. We saw it in the wonderful ministry highlight that Eric Mosley put together for us, and Eric led us through, highlighting various ministry activities throughout the year, and as Eric shared, we have a whole lot more that could have had pictures as well. So what does it look like to live today a life impacted by the promise of heaven? I want to briefly share four things as a summation of that. <clears throat> Number one is obeying God's word. If you ask yourself, what does it look like to live in that stage where we have been saved and our hope is in heaven? Well, at first is obeying God's word. Jesus himself said, you've got to hold to my teaching if you want to really be my disciple. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. He said, it's not everyone who just announces my name, (laughs) that is my disciple, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. In fact, Jesus went so far as to say, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So read the Bible, study it, which means think on it. (laughs) Think about it. I tell people, I tell our kids... You don't, just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean you check your brain at the door. Engage your brain, engage the scriptures. They will stand up to your questions and your studies and the questions of others. Apply it, be sure and apply it to your life. Live it, in other words. And of course, share God's word with others. Obeying God's word is the first of these, secondly, is doing good for others. Doing good for others. David mentioned in his prayer that we are the salt of the earth. Jesus called himself the light of the world, but he also called us the light of the world. And so we are to be doing good for others. And you saw pictures of that exact thing up there. Doing good for others, bringing encouragement, bringing the message of God. And so many other examples could be given for that. Don't give up doing good, scripture says, because it's worth it. It's worth it. Don't say no to the Spirit's urging. When you feel that desire, you hear an announcement made or you read about something that someone, that's happened to someone in our bulletin or in one of our emails. Or the thought just crosses your mind about someone that's going through something and you're thinking, maybe I should give them a call. Do it. Maybe I should text them. Do that. <clears throat> maybe I should send them a card. Write it out right then. Don't say no to the Spirit's urging. Urging you to do good for others. Number three is loving and uniting with one another. Think for just a moment about those times when Jesus said, this is how everyone's going to know that you're my disciple. I can think of especially two specific scriptures, both in the Gospel of John, where Jesus made that exact statement. He said, everyone's going to know that you're my disciple if you do this. The first one was loving each other. If you love each other the way I have loved you, everyone's going to know that you're my disciple. And the second one was being united. Being one with each other. If these disciples, as Jesus prayed in John 17, if they love me the way I love you, if they are one with us together, Father then the world will know that you have sent me. Loving and uniting with one another. We just sang that wonderful song, The Greatest Commands, that takes many of these scriptures and puts them to music in such a beautiful, wonderful way. Find ways to agree rather than focusing on the areas of disagreement. I don't know why it is, but somehow or another, we have decided in our society that the way you distinguish one group from another is by their disagreement. Perhaps we need to start focusing on those areas where we have agreement, the things we have in common. And I can tell you what we will find is that there is much more that we have in common, than those areas where we disagree. Be someone who encourages and builds up. Be someone that is known as a person who is loving. As a person who unites rather than divides. Jesus calls us today to be loving and uniting with one another. The song will close today's service with a common love. Is it more than just a song? And then number four is living with hope. Living with hope. If we're living with hope in this culture today, which is so negative, so, so hopeless, so cynical, and yet here we are living lives of hope, living lives of joy, not denying the reality of the difficulties, we acknowledge that and face it head on. But what we don't do is we don't let those things take away our hope. We don't let them rob us of our joy. We don't let them define who we are because Jesus has done that. And so we are living our lives, obeying God's word, doing good for others, loving and uniting with one another and living with hope. And what Peter says is when you live that way in the midst of your world, people are going to wonder about you. (laughs) And that's certainly true. And some of them may even be brave enough to come and ask you, How can you have hope today? Because I don't have any. And that's when we tell them about Jesus. We tell them about this one that the world will celebrate. One week from today. There's a very well-known poem that expresses this well. This call to go from sorrow to joy in living your life here in this world. You've likely heard it before. It's written by Linda Ellis, and it's simply called The Dash. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on the tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of birth and spoke the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that they spent alive on earth. And now only those who loved them know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash." So think about this long and hard. Are there things you'd like to change? For you never know how much time is left that can still be rearranged. If we could just slow down enough to consider what's true and real and always try to understand the way other people feel and be less quick to anger and show appreciation more and love the people in our lives like we've never loved before if we treat each other with respect and more often wear a smile, remembering that this special dash might only last a little while. So when your eulogy is being read with your life's actions to rehash, would you be proud of the things they say about how you spent your dash? When people speak of you, And how you spent your dash. Will they describe you as someone who lived their life obeying God's word. Loving and uniting with one another. Doing good for others and living a life of hope. Because when we commit to living our dash in that way. We can see the sorrow around us turn to joy. Because we see the sorrow within us turn to joy. And what makes that all possible is the coming of Jesus, the coming of that baby in the humblest of ways, broken, as Eric shared, taking in the world's brokenness rather than running away from it, rather than denying it, but becoming a part of it and living a life of humility and service and love instead of simply condemning us to death, which is what we deserve. God gave His one and only Son, sending Him to join us in our journey by living in this world every day Himself. We can look at how our Savior spent His dash and know how we should spend ours. Because Jesus made the trip from heaven to earth, because Jesus is our wonderful, merciful Savior, we can make the trip from sorrow to joy. If we can help you make that trip today. Come as we stand. And sing this wonderful song together.
1: Wonderful,
4: So we weren't going to announce the number until uh, next week, but um, Randy and I were back there calculating, and um, I just thought you guys should know. So we are, as of right now, with more money coming in, um, we're over 300000 which is the biggest that I can remember here. So thank you guys for your generosity. That's, that's unbelievable. So thank you. Let us
0: pray. Dear God, thank you for this wonderful day that we have come today to to worship you. Thank you for this time of year when families get together. Please be with all of us traveling. Thank you for our youth group and for Tucker and Elizabeth for leading us and helping us grow closer to each other, and most importantly, closer to you. Please be with the members of our Western family on the prayer and care lists. Please be with all of us throughout this week. Please forgive us of our sins. Thank you for sending your son to die on the cross to give us hope. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen.